have a guest speaker today, and somebody from the congregation, as we do here, because we're raising up the body to be the body, right? In fullness, in richness. Uh, I am really excited about our speaker today. I want to say, many years ago, when we got here, the first thing that Julie and I had to do was to try and discover how solid a foundation God actually had here. Now, it was small. There was 30, 40, if you counted the cats and the dogs, but... But the point is, is wow, what a group of people, most of whom are still sitting right here right now. But it was an incredible group of, group of people, and key in this group of people was a young man named Scott Chin. Now, at the time, Scott Chin was a recruiter, high-up recruiter at Microsoft, and it was easy to see why. Because he's this young guy who goes into these big-time campuses and recruits against Googles and all the other people in the world, and Scott is the kind of guy who he just comes in and he's so sharp, not just smart, but sharp. He's so sharp, and there's something about him that just makes you want to join with him, right? Those of you who know it, you just want to join with him and go wherever he's going, because you know wherever he's going, he's going to change the world. And so you can see why Microsoft wanted to do that, but i got to tell you, he's now moved on down to World Vision, and he has just flown through the ranks, as God would do. And he is now a big mucky muck down at World Vision, literally changing the entire world. So this is an incredible thing. But if I had to sum it up as to the way that I feel about Scott, and I think I, I say this for so many that are sitting here, you know that old expression that says he has an old soul? You know, there's just something about him that is deeper than his age, by far. I, we call it wisdom, but it's more than that. It's a presence. It's not just a presence of God, even though most strongly it's that, but it's a presence of God in tandem with a person who is perfectly synced up with him, beautifully synced up with him, beautifully obedient, and allowing God to do the magnificent things that only God can do through him. So this is why I want him to speak today, and this is why I asked him to speak on Father's Day, because Father's Day is important to me, and I wanted to get a great message from a great man. So Scott... You're on. Thank you, Jody. You are good, man. Well, good morning. <laughs> There's a, you know, one of those things. Oh, it really is bright up here, but I can still see your faces. Um, you know, I knew Curtis would do that. He'd come up and he would, um, he would make you feel like you are the most special person on the planet. And in that moment, he really does think you are the most special person person on the planet. But the heartbreaking thing is you go out into the foyer and you hear him over here and he, he's talking to someone and they're literally the best person on the planet. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> no, I love Curtis. It's funny, I, I know that he would also be way too generous. And so I'd be like, well, I don't know who that Scott Chin guy is, but I'd like to meet him. Um, I feel like I know half of you really, really well. Uh, you know my amazing wife, uh, Stephanie. You know uh, my amazing kids, Spencer and Amy. Um, so I actually think that, you know, Scott Chin's better known titles are husband of Stephanie Chin and father of Spencer and Amy Chin. But uh, for those of you who I do not know, in fact, I just, I just, I, every day or every Sunday I come in and I see John 
Um, and I didn't know him, so while, we're, while we were waiting, uh, I went over and I just said, I just don't know you and wanted to meet you, so nice to meet you. Um, so I wanted to start off with me getting to know you a little better and you getting to know me a little better. So, uh, because it's really more of us ministering to one another, um, not me or anyone else, um, because ministry happens every single day. Amen? Every single day. So, let's do a little trivia. Uh, for the dads out there, you're kind of like, oh, where's he going with this? Trust me, you'll like today's sermon. Um, all right. So, what is unique? Oh, clicker. Yeah, that's what I need. Oh, you I don't need a clicker. You guys will just click for me, right? Awesome. Um, by the way, Sanjay in the back, VJ up front. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> you guys rock. I'm just come up here and show up. You know, I feel like a bit of a celebrity. I got the Garth Books mic here. I got, you know, uh, people throwing s sausage and McMuffins at me, you know. Um, feels great. And my wife even came up and she's like, so here's two bottles of water because we know how much you can talk. And they're pre-opened. <laughs> so I don't have like a water disaster while I'm trying to get up here. What is unique about 1988? Well, first thing, the movie Big was a big hit. Huh? You guys remember that? Right? Who, when you see that, I mean, just on the inside, do you not want to go out there and do, you know, tapping on the keyboard? I mean, that's just, how do you, how can you resist that? Um, 1988 fast facts. So number one, the Hubble telescope went into operation. The Hubble telescope went into operation. Pretty cool. I was like, when I was go do going through this, I was like, oh, really? 1988? Huh. Um, number two, a gallon of gas was 91 cents. I'm like, what? You know? 91 cents, all of you driving Priuses to say, you know what? Um, 91 cents. My son, my beloved son, Spencer, who, uh, he has a car. It's not an old car, but it runs most of the time. Um, and uh, he's like, hey, you know, gas money. Really would be great to have gas money. And I'm like, yeah, hey, it'd be really nice to learn how to get a job. <laughs> Number three. 1988 Fast Facts, Robert Palmer was a popular musician. Robert Palmer. Now you're like, who is Robert Palmer? Right, you're dating yourself. This is not Arnold Palmer, okay? So for those of you who actually know who that is, he's, you know, for those of you who don't, anyone pretty in millennials, he was a golfer, okay? Arnold Palmer was a golfer, not a drink, you know? He was a golfer. Um... Robert Palmer was this guy, it was like, you know, one-hit wonder, or maybe two-hit wonders. Uh, sorry, Robert, if you're listening to the sermon today. Um, but that was a shout-out because my lovely wife was a cheerleader, and I think she did like three or four different cheerleading things to Robert Palmer. He was, was kind of crazy. Um, it's not Little Palmer. You know, my, my daughter has like 7,000 uh, songs on iTunes, you know. I'm like, there's Little This, Little That, Bitty Scent. I was like, where's nickel, where's dime, you know? Um, next, a movie ticket. A movie ticket costs $3.50. How crazy is that? I don't know. Um, one of the things that, you know, you read those books or, or you, you listen to Kurt and Julie, who have an amazing marriage, you're like, date nights. Remember date night? Oh, 
Thanks, sir. Um, and a movie night, $3.50. The great thing about going on a date, right? Movie night, you go there. But things have, have gone up a little bit since then. So, like, literally, so it's like $10.50 or $11, and that's if, you know, you don't want all the stuff coming at you. You know, it's like, oh, do you want these special glasses? I'm like, no, my eyes work just fine. Um, so for 11 bucks, I get in, right? Then you go there, and of course, you know, you're racing there, but you're coming straight from work. But, you know, date night, date night, it's Friday, but I'm busy. Um, so you get there, and you're like, okay, let's, you know, it's not great, but let's have popcorn. So you go up and get popcorn. And, you know, it's someone who's barely older than my son. He's like, hey, uh, welcome to Lowe's or Regal Cinema. Would you like to have some popcorn or some treat? And I'm like, great, yeah, popcorn. Um, what size would you like? It's like, well, maybe, uh, maybe just small, you know, we're trying to, you know. Uh, well, that's, that's $9. <laughs> um, but for a dollar more, you can upgrade to medium. And for a dollar more than that, you can get the tub, which holds 7,000 pounds of popcorn. <laughs> and did you know that it's refillable? I'm like, good sir, load up the tub. <laughs> right? So I'm walking out, you know, and I'm like, Steph, refillable. She's like, you know, if there was a reader board on my wife's head, she's like, I know, I know. I still love them, though. Um, let's try this out. Bam! Right there, technology. See, Kurt? Got the first time. Right? <laughs> first time. All I'm saying is maybe that's always not Sanjay's fault. Maybe there's user error. Come on. So, 1988, this coolest thing about 1988, well, not well, the coolest, but one of the coolest things is Adam Lebonsky and I both graduated from high school, 1988. We are the class of 88. So, um, Adam, he preached a great sermon a couple uh, weeks ago. I was going to have him actually open uh, and pray for the sermon, but he ditched me. I, two weeks ago, I said, hey, bro, I'm preaching on Father's Day. He's like, cool. I'm like, yeah, he did a great job. Will you pray for me? He's like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm going to have to give him a hard time now. You too can give him a hard time. It's like, hey, we missed your prayer, Father's Day. So, but I asked my brother, Mike Hatch, um, fellow Microsofty, I'm an alum now, but um, amazing man of God to pray for us. Lord, I thank you how you've brought us into your presence already even today. And I pray that you would speak to us through what Scott has to say, that you would bring inspiration to him, that you would bring the message that you want to bring into this place today as you continue to move upon us and through us and to us. Lord, I pray for the worldwide church, in particular these, these churches that are birthed out of places like Continents for Christ we heard about this morning and like the Millards out of Japan that are raising up leaders all over the, the world in third world countries and places where there's just new leaders and native leaders who are building a new church, building your church yet again more. And I pray for those places, that you would inhabit them, that you'd be with them, and that you would be manifest and grow those churches into the place that you can dwell in your people. And we ask for your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. So, uh, as Curtis was saying earlier, happy Father's Day. So, my gift to you this day, everyone, but especially fathers, okay? 
four things. Four things. Number one, I will only use four main points and finish on time. You know, at this point, I could literally just drop the mic and walk out. Right? How cool would that be? All right. Number two, I will shake your hand if you want versus that awkward hug. Come on, guys. You know, you, I, you know what? You can confess it to me privately afterwards. But as you walk in the building and you see Curtis, two things race through your mind. One is, am I ready for it? Because honestly, the second thing that goes through your mind, it's like you see it coming. It's like slow motion. It's like that John Woo movie. It's like, <laughs> And it's coming towards you. And you're like, and part of you is like, I so want it. But part of me is like, it's so early for this. <laughs> right? And for those of you who, who grew up like a firm handshake is really, really, that's all you really need. It's always too early for this, you know? Three. I will refrain from ending our conversation with love ya. And I'll replace it with a strong, affirming nod or a shoulder punch. That was John Batterman. I know, brother, I can't even see you, but I know that was you. Uh, some of you know uh, that I have the privilege of working at World Vision. Some of you know that I have the privilege of working with Jessica Van Dyke. Jessica Van Dyke uh, used to go to this church. Her and her wonderful husband, Arthur, by the way. Jess, this is for you if you're watching. Um, she is really close to having their baby, so it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Here's the thing, though, that um, in the, the flurry of one of the things uh, I do, uh, kind of my core job, is I look after all the digital stuff that we do at World Vision. And uh, the way we've done the, the area that I, w I work in is I want everyone to have a window office. So we kind of have offices, but it's a, it's a pretty open space. So Jess supports me, and we work together. We're like Batman and Robin. And one Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon is literally like the least most productive hour in corporate America, right? It's like 3.30, your triple donut uh, from the morning thing is worn off, but you know you shouldn't have another cup of coffee. You got date night coming, right? You're going to have to pay $9 for popcorn. I mean, all that is coming to you. So uh, I remember this one day, uh, we were sitting there, and somehow Curtis came up, and I was like, the... The saying, love ya, came up, and we were just dying because I said, you know, when he first did that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a principle called the principle of reciprocity. So if someone comes up to you and says, you know, great looking hair, BJ, love your hair today, you know, there's a part of you that says, <laughs> sorry, for those of you in the back, you didn't get that joke yet, but, what? <laughs> See, what will happen is over lunch today, you'll be like, oh, BJ, oh, I get it now. Um, so we're sitting there, and I said, it, Jess, isn't it awkward the first time? And she's like, yeah, because, you know, it's like, he goes like, love ya, love ya. And Jess is like, I didn't want to say it back. But I was like, because it's like, you know, do you, do you say that to another guy? And, it, and, I, and, and I was like, and there's a part of me that says, do I want to say, well, I mostly love you, you know? Or, I really like you, and I think I might grow to love you. 
But, so there you go. Or D, all of the above. How about that? Happy Father's Day. All right. We have been in the Empowered series. For those of you who have joined the church in the last five years, we're still here. Um, the Empowered series. No, here's the great thing about the Empowered series. When I was, when I was thinking about, and, and to be honest, uh, I, I know, you know, uh, I can be a little uh, funny, but, uh, or at least as my kids would say, funny looking. Um, for the last six months, I have been wrestling with the very real truth of, am I living an empowered life? Because when you look up there, I Googled, how cool is it that Google is now a noun, verb, and an adjective? Um, I Googled empowered, and here's what I found. To give power to someone. To make more confident or assertive. Synonym that came up over and over again was enable. This one I really liked. A management practice of sharing information and power with employees so that they can take initiative. So for the last six months, um, I've loved the Empowered series. Some amazing people that God has spoken through. Justine, Will, certainly Curtis, uh, Adam a few weeks ago. So week after week, I ask myself, when I leave the hollowed halls of Lake Sammamish Foursquare, I honestly do leave most Sundays feeling more empowered. That I'm more confident about what we just heard. And it, I'm trying, I'm trying my best. It's like, you know, most of Curtis' sermons are like seven sermons in one, right? So you're like, oh, I'm going to watch that again. But there's a lot in there. And I'll just say, preparing for this, um, if we don't appreciate him enough, we should. Because week in and week out, it's amazing. It is amazing, the word that he brings us. Mostly love you. All right. Synonym. Enabled. I actually feel enabled. I go out and I'm like, you know, the stop thing that we have posted. My lovely wife has it, you know, in the glove compartment. It's the random places in our house. Um, or initiative. I honestly feel emboldened when I'm leaving here. Like I can do something to take initiative to lead a more empowered life. Week after week, this happens. Yet what I want to focus on today are these questions that, to be honest, I have been wrestling with for the last six months. Am I walking in the fullness of who God created me to be? And if not, why? Why? Because I don't get it. Because if I'm honest with myself, and I ask myself the first question, the answer is no. It's not. Not that I'm not moving it at all, but it's not, it's not the fullness that I know that is available. So why? I'm just, I sit here most Sundays, 
If I'm not in LSK, by the way, it's a huge shout out to LSK, awesome to serve there. Why is that? Here's what I propose to you today. This is the title of our sermon. Is that I think there are four things, four hurdles that hold us back. Yes, we come here every week. Yes, we come leaving this place feeling and honestly in our hearts feeling more enabled to walk into the fullness of an empowered life. But I think there are four things that trip us up. And I want to go over those four things and the four truths. And then maybe at the end, we can walk a more empowered life. So, of course, it's Father's Day. And like um, most fathers, or I'll just generalize for myself, for myself, I love superheroes. I love me those superheroes. Um, even if it's a bad movie, poor acting, right? There's so much CG and explosions. It's still a pretty decent movie. So I entitled it, We Need a Hero. And I thought that we would use superheroes to tell us a bit about ourselves. Number one, the mighty Thor, right? Look at that. Check that out. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to, I mean, you know, where's John Batterman? He probably has, I don't know, how many ounce hammer that he does his work with. But check out Thor's hammer. That thing is huge. I mean, it's like, I bet he could drive like 10 nails at once with that sucker. Look at that. Um, But what do we learn about the mighty Thor? The mighty Thor. Right in the beginning of the movie, he makes a colossal mistake. In his own hubris and his own pride, he starts a war. He starts a war. Our first turtle that I think holds us back is that our past is too present. Our past is too present. Um, One of the things that my lovely wife puts up with me is that no matter, even though I have a a new iPhone, I still love to watch the news because maybe my app got it wrong. And, you know, if I listen to Steve Poole or these weather people change off so often that I just want to know if it's going to be sunny tomorrow. Now, it's the Northwest, so I'm only going to be right 59 days out of the year. But nonetheless, right? You talked about it, Babette, earlier. There's hope, right? There's hope. But the problem with that is they put the sports and the news where, guys? At the end. How unfair is that? It's like, do I wear the sweatshirt or the T-shirt? That's all I want to know, and I want to I know if the M's lost again. That's all I want to know. But the problem is the first 35 minutes of the news is heartbreaking. SPU, what is happening in Syria, I mean, the list goes on and on. We live in a broken world. Number two, it's fine to look out in the landscape and understand how broken it is. But it doesn't take very long to look inside and say, but I, I have made so many mistakes. I don't know if I started a war, but Scott, I have made so many mistakes. 
And I think there are times in our life where even though we know we shouldn't, we play those videotapes over and over and over. It's like the, if you've ever watched those Climbing Everest movies, where the Sherpa, who's so, they're so conditioned, they can, you know, you got other people who are kind of like, kind of doing it on a whim. Hey, let's count my nervous. That seems pretty cool. But the Sherpa is carrying all this stuff, all this stuff. And I feel like sometimes I just want to say to myself, to us, why are we carrying around all this baggage? We're so infatuated sometimes, I think we even go and it's like, you know what? I got matching luggage. I got so much baggage, it's matching. Look at this new bag. Not only is it the big stuff, but this is so portable now. Look, it goes with my outfit. The reality is, we have been forgiven. Amen? We have been forgiven. Take those tapes. Amy, a VHS player is actually something that we used to do. Sorry. Take those tapes. Get out the Thor hammer or the, I don't know, I'm sure John Batterman has like a splitting mall or something like that. That sounds really cool. Smash those suckers. We are forgiven. Now, this isn't license. Right? Curtis talked about this a, a few weeks ago. This is not license, but this is not paralysis. Sometimes I think, what, you know, when I, when, I, when I leave this place, why am I not walking more in the fullness of who God created me to be? It's because my past is too present. This is one of my favorite verses. First, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He came to save us, not condemn us, save us. Yes, he knows how broken we are. And every moment on the cross, he knew that. But he came to save us. I didn't grow up in the church, um, but when I found this verse and working through um, early discipleship, um, I don't know about you, but I got this list of scriptures every week. Okay, go through these, go through these found, you know, foundations of your faith. When I found this one, this was like, I just remember it in my dorm room setting the Bible aside, and just weeping. Just weeping. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. Amen? The old has gone, and the new has come. All of this is from God who reconciled us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the word to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. How cool is it that Caleb and Annika are leaving on Wednesday? Being Christ's ambassadors. I knew those two when they were like this tall. Right. <laughs> and as Caleb has rightly pointed out, when he was three, he was taller than me. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Through us. Truth number one. You are a new creation. Yes, we have all sinned and desperately need Jesus. But he came to earth for us. Now, you guys have been a great sport already. I'm going to stretch you a little bit, if you don't mind, okay? So, look at someone next to you. Look at someone next to you, okay? I know, I know, fathers, you're like, seriously, Thor, that was cool, but this feelings thing, come on, brother. No, trust me, it's a safe place, trust me. Look at someone next to you, look them in the eye, and say this. He came for you. Okay, Spence, come on up, bud. This is my amazing son, Spencer. Okay, you got to be one step down so I can look at you in the eye. All right. So here's the homework assignment I have for you, okay? Um, you don't have to tell me. I'm not going to check your homework. Um, but I know if you do this, you will be blessed, and the person that you say this to will be blessed. I want you to look the person in the eye. So we warmed up, right? You're building new muscle. That was a warm-up. I want you to do this. I want you to look the person in the eye and tell them like they've never heard it before, and it is the best news. He came for you. Thanks, bud. You ever find that the older you get, you have a plumbing problem? That your eyes start leaking? I'm like, who created these? They're leaking all the time. Jeez not fair number three transformation often takes time in this microwave society where it's not done in 90 seconds I don't want to eat it but here is the truth we have been set free we have been set free and in the throes of life I want to say this, whether you believe it or not, and I know there are times where you don't fully believe it, if you're honest with ourselves, it's still true. It's still true. Number two, how am I doing, church? Am I doing all right? All right. The Avengers. I send out this Captain America shirt. He's like, hey, Dad, should I wear a superhero? I'm like, Spencer, you are a superhero. 
the Avengers. Uh, what do the Avengers have? The first half of the movie, they're just fumbling around. Get all these superheroes fumbling around. Why? Because they had a fundamental issue. They had a trust issue. None of them trusted each other. Hurdle number two of why I think we don't walk into the fullness of who God created us to be. We have a trust issue. We have a trust issue. First off, we're control freaks. Right? We are control freaks. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud was a great keynote speaker at the last leader cast. Some of you have, may have seen that. And in that, he talks about research where, um, you remember the, the little uh, mallet with the little colored pegs and the little mallet for the, the baby? So what they did is they put that um, in front of a baby and an adult hammered the little pegs and the child watched and they watched the, the brain activity. And the baby, you know, was like, okay, great. Then the adult gave the mallet to the baby. Bam! Fourth of July, right? Because the baby got to do it. Instead of just watch, we are control freaks. We love control. At the age of one, we love control. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. How amazingly American and how amazingly ungodly. Because where is that? There's a part of you that says yes to that. And there's a part of you that says, if self-reliance, if it's all about me, I'm in big trouble. Big trouble. This third one, this third one is tough. We have felt alone when we needed him most. I'm not going to make eye contact with any of you because a lot of you have very real pain. I've experienced a lot of pain. My amazing mother-in-law, as I see her, I said, you know what? You're always my favorite mother-in-law. I only have one. So. Um, and we were helping her move, and in that... Uh, a lady came by, and as is um, I am prone to, I strike up a conversation. Imagine that. Some random person walking by. So as I'm preparing the salmon, is all this moving, you know, this body wasn't really built for manual labor. My son's there, you know, but I can cook. I can cook. So I'm out there grilling, and I had a God moment. It's talking. And before I know it, like literally 60 seconds, I kid you not, I'm having this conversation with this amazing woman who is talking about how she struggles to walk into a church because two years ago she lost her husband and she's hurt. Of the two of them, she was, he was the spiritual giant in that couple. And she is mad and she is hurting. Salmon stuff all over my hands and, you know, I'm trying to look manly with the barbecue. All I wanted to do was just go and give her a hug. Number four, 
be honest, sometimes I just don't feel or really believe the power and empowered. I know on Sunday, by 1 o'clock, I'm still feeling great, but by Thursday, if I'm really honest, there are times where I'm like, there's not a lot of power in the empowered. When I was preparing for this, this is where I went. He knows every hair on our head. Every hair. And we are not alone. I ask that you would be a good Berean. Sorry, I'm jumping around a lot of scriptures today. But Deuteronomy 31, 6. So be a good Berean and read all of chapter 31. Okay. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Is that good news? And here's, here's the, whether we believe it or not, and this, one, this one's a toughie, but whether we believe it or not, it's still true. We are never alone. Number three, now you're thinking, hey, we're halfway through. We are. We're halfway through. This is exactly where we're at. Remember? Four points. Coming home. Number three, sky high. Now, I know uh, unless you have kids, you've never been subjected. I mean, um, you've never seen this movie before. It's a, it's a preteen movie. I confess I've watched it. Um, the story is about Will Stronghold. Will is the young man there on the left, just to the left of his dad. His name is Will Stronghold. He is the son of two superheroes. And the whole movie is about him trying to figure out who he is. Hurdle number three. I generally think we struggle to know what our purpose is. What is our purpose? So day after day, I go and I do this and I do that. I don't know where all of you work. Maybe some of you work in the home, maybe you work in companies, maybe you own your own companies, but day in, day out. Here's the question that goes to my mind. To what end? To what eternal end? Amen? Does my life really matter? If I were to, sh- if I were to miss Lake Sam going for two months, would anyone know? Let me answer that emphatically. Yes. Yes, you matter. One of my favorite people in history is Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks made history on a bus ride. On December 1st, 1955, Montgomery, Alabama. What had happened is as the route began, the bus started to fill up. And as the front part of the bus filled up, and there were no more seats 
the bus driver noticed that there were a couple white passengers standing up. So as there's our custom, the bus driver pulled over, walked to the back, moved the line in which separated the, the white and the black. And those four passengers, black passengers, were expected to give up their seats. Three of them did. Rosa Parks made history that day and said, I'm going to stand up by staying seated. You see, ambassador, question mark, ear, eye, nose. I don't know what each of you is, but we all matter. One body, many parts. Truth number three, you are critical to the mission. Now, on a Sunday morning or in your workplace, it's easy to see people in leadership uh, or other positions of authority as being critical. Mission critical, critical to the job. But I would say we are all wonderfully and uniquely made. He has a plan for you, and you are on this planet at this time for a reason. We need you. Now this is where I'm starting to going from sharing or preaching to meddling. I'm just telling you right now. Because honestly, if you were, it was just you and me, no one else, and after hours and hours of endless conversation where you finally said, Scott, I yield, I'll tell you how I'm truly feeling. And I looked you in the eye and I said, do you honestly feel that you matter? That we desperately need you. The body of Lake Sam, the east side, the world, do you honestly feel that you matter? I'm telling you that Jesus came because you do matter. And this body needs you. If you do not show up, we should miss you. Now, I'm really going into meddling now. But, all of you who love tech, when you download something, and you're like, well, how many more minutes is this going to take? Right? Here's where we're at. 84%. We're almost done. Now, having said that, some of you guys are football fans. We are now at the two-minute warning. So you can now gently look at your significant other saying, you know what, babe? Football games take 60 minutes. The last two minutes, it's kind of a misnomer. It takes about 45 minutes to play those last two minutes. There's something called a timeout. All right. But that's where we are. Two-minute warning. Number four. Come on. Right? Now... For all of you who don't know who that is, your parents know who that is. 
What does the Lone Ranger tell us? We love to go it alone. We do. Here's the fourth hurdle. And this is where, in all honesty, over the last six months, this is what God has been putting on my heart over and over again. And that is, church, we have got to go deeper in community. We have got to go deeper. We need to push past the polite into the genuine, deeper relationship. I'm so guilty of it. I'm sitting there, right? And like all good churches, I sit one chair away from you. Why? Because I might touch you, right? I might have to talk to you. When Jesse or Vijay comes up and says, hey, say, to a, say hi to a neighbor, I'm the first one to jump up and go to the coffee machine, and I avoid eye contact, right? I don't know. I, la, 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 I cannot see you, right? I want to be by myself. I am tired. We are a community for a reason. Have you ever wondered why the word fellowship is even in the Bible? The word fellowship? Here's why. Because God knows we cannot do it alone. We simply can't. And all you have to do is own a truck, and you know that to be true. Because everyone in the church will ask your help to move. It's one of my favorite scriptures, Ecclesiastes 4.12. The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. All right, you guys are hanging in there. I think we got three more minutes and we're good. Have you, have you ever had this on a Sunday morning? Out loud, okay, confess, it's Confession Sunday. So you just to yourself, okay, not to me. Out loud, this is what you say. Hey, how are ya? How you doing? Mostly love ya. Um, inside our head, this is what we say. Please do not spill your guts out. I still need my coffee. Out loud. Yeah, BJ, we should get together sometime. Inside our head. Not bloody likely. We laugh, but how sad is that really, to be honest? It's horrible. And the last one, hey, great weather today. Awesome weather, right? You're lying most Sundays. It's not nice outside. The weather, and, and this is what we're going, it goes through our head though. Guys especially, Father's Day gift for you. The weather and sports are truly the only safe discussion topics in the world. Not my feelings. And certainly not how I feel about my feelings. <laughs> Babe, that was for you. <laughs> Truth number four. We can be the community that we all desperately need. We can. And if we do, here's the payoff pitch. Those of you who like baseball. If we do, we can stop trying so hard to do it ourselves. When I'm alone, I hear, 
I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Together, I'll help hold your arms up. Alone, I am scared. I just found out some news, or I just in a situation, and I am scared out of my mind. Together, says, I will go with you. Alone, we say, I am so discouraged. One thing after another. Is this ever going to let up? Together, says, I will sit with you and listen. Alone, when we play those VHS tapes over and over again, that says, I'm a failure. Man, am I such a failure. Together says, I see you differently. What we're about, how can I walk more into the fullness of who God created me to be? The answer, so much of it is being community. Threefolds, small groups, Sunday morning, Lake Sam Kids. Got a shout out for Lake Sam Kids. Love that. Church of the Beach. Church of the Beach is a perfect opportunity. And please, when I see you next Sunday and I make eye contact, I am going to come at you. Not like Kurt. Okay? I'm not that big anyways. But I'll give you a handshake. And I'll look you in the eye saying, Philip, I don't know you, but the entire sermon, you gave me great nonverbal communication and you helped keep me up here. Thank you. And why? Not for the doing, but for the being. Today's question, am I walking in the fullness of who God created me to be? If not, why? I want to live an empowered life. I think we want to live an empowered life. Four things to embrace. We are a new creation. Knowing that, I can go out in more power. You are not alone. Knowing that, I can be more confident. You are critical to the mission. You, Doug Thorson, Mark Lee, Greg Thatcher, you are important to the mission. With that, I can take more initiative. And four, when the storms come, and because they will, because when we start moving more empowerment, who's going to be upset? Right? That which comes to steal and destroy, but we know that who is in us is greater than who is in the world. Amen? That we can be the community that we all desperately need. I end with this. Let's be the heroes 
that we were all made to be and that we all know we are. down in front of you, would you, and grab the cup and the offering that's there, communion. Man, thank you, Scott. Uh, that's the second time I heard it. I got, that was just incredible, thank you. I, I want to just pick up on one of the many things that, that he did, and I just want to put an accent on it. When he did that Rosa Parks thing, the thing that really caught me when he did the Rosa Parks analogy was, is that Rosa didn't know in that moment that she was going to be forever more known as the woman that didn't get up. She had no idea. She wasn't anything special. Had she gotten up, she would have lived out the course of her life, and nobody would have, other than her family and a few friends, nobody would have known that she was there, or anything else about it. But by simply being in the moment the way that God wanted her to be, he changed the course of the world through her. It wasn't on her shoulders. It wasn't some huge responsibility. It was just her being who he wanted her to be in that moment. I don't think there's anything different than women power beings than that. If we make it out to be something else, then we're the ones that are carrying it. We're doing the all alone. We're doing it's on me. And no wonder we're afraid. No wonder we don't think we're going to make it. But when we're trusting him, when we walk out, when we actually get it, and we start going, he's trying to do this through me in ways that are so gracious and easy, so loving and simple. It's unbelievable. God wants us to do the most incredible things that we've ever seen through us. And if we do it right, it's of absolutely no effort on our parts. <laughs> now, that's not always true. There'll be sometimes I'll ask you to do something that might take, but just get the point, right? He's the one that wants to do it. He just wants us to be there. To let him, to let us, to let, have us let him do it through us. So that's what we say with this communion. We take this, we take this lower cup, and we recognize that in it is a whole lot of us doing our own thing, a whole lot of us leaning on ourselves, a whole lot of us going it alone, a whole lot of us not trusting, a whole lot of us making decisions for reasons other than what he is leading us. And in all those things, we recognize that we've broken our lives, not just in the ways that are obvious, sin, but in ways that we don't even, haven't even, we couldn't even know about. Rosa Parks would have never known. <laughs> so in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, we lift up to you that it's impossible to do it all exactly right. Which is why we broke it so badly. But you're the one that heals it. And you're the one that puts us in the game and makes us critical to the mission. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, we lift up this cup, in which is the healing, not just of our sin, but of our purpose and calling healing of who you made us to be and what you want us to do. And in that, in Jesus' name, <laughs> is a miracle. So we lift it up and we say, God, make me whole in every part of my life.
say that to him as you take this. Thank you, Lord. And now in your magnificent name, Lord God, we lift up this cup in which is the life that you have already purchased in fullness for us. Not one more thing needs to be done. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, we come to you as people who are still, even in a new, made new state, still capable of incredible failure, incredible disobedience, incredible just not doing it the way that you would have us do it. And what we would say is, God, in Jesus' holy and precious name, bring us. Bring us into your life, the one that you have for us. By your strong right arm, by your gentle, loving hug. God love hugs too. In Jesus' holy and precious name, God, hold us right into the fullness of your life. Take this cup together with that, would you?